Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Holy Family Presents. This episode is the final of three in a series of episodes where we shared three talks that were given at the Evangelize 2020 Core Team Retreat. This retreat was for the adult leaders from our high school youth ministry program, Life Team. These leaders help in assisting on the mission of leading teens closer to Christ. In this talk, Adam Eichelberger came and shared with us about the witness of St. Peter and how he shows us to be a good shepherd of a flock of people that we're tasked to care and lead towards Christ. He broke down the difference between what a shepherd and a cowboy does and how we can learn a little bit from comparing ourselves to whether we're being more like a shepherd or a cowboy. So, as you listen to this talk, start to ask yourself that question. In the work of evangelization and spreading the good news that Jesus Christ loves us, are you being more like a shepherd or a cowboy? Let's dive into the talk and ponder that question. How are you? Let me get myself situated here. Um, so, how has, I guess we'll call it the weekend. How's the weekend been going for you guys so far? Good. Yeah? You guys getting some good stuff? Well, I'm going to, I've said this before, if you guys got to hang out with me at uh, Thrive the other night, I'm going to say it again, that you guys really lucked out when the Longo family came to this parish. And if anything else, I want you to understand that, like, the covering and leadership that you guys have with this family is tremendous. And there's going to be this swell that you guys aren't ready for. And I mean that in like the best way possible. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to tell you that the best is yet to come with you guys. And that even when we're staring down the barrel of a pandemic and the possibility of, are we open? Are we closed? What are we going to do? Like this family is covering you guys in ways that you don't possibly understand because there, I don't know a whole lot of people who serve in ministry who walk as well as they talk. And I know that at home, they're doing just as much work spiritually covering you and these teens and these families as they are putting in hours in the office and planning retreats and doing all the things that Nick does. So I wanted to say that first. But when we're talking about leading like Peter, I want you to understand that the the idea is that we're shepherds and not cowboys. And we're going to get into that in a second. But before... You understand biblical leadership the way that Peter leads. You have to make three confessions. First, that Jesus is Lord. And we see that very predominantly, obviously, in John 6, 68 and Matthew 16, 16, where he says, you are God. He says that I confess that you are the Son of God. That secondly, you don't have all the answers, and it's not your job to have all the answers. God called you here regardless of what you think you know or don't know. And frankly, God's not concerned with what you know or don't know. We see that Jesus tells Peter, based on his confession, that you are the rock and on which I will build my church. And then later on in the chapter, when Jesus tells Peter and his disciples, I'm going to go die, what does Peter do? Peter pulls him aside That's a big move. That takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to pull Jesus aside. You just said he was God, and you're going to pull him aside, and you're going to say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen. He says, God forbid. Those are Peter's words. He says, I say that you're God. I'm going to say, God forbid. 
I won't let that happen. And then what does Jesus say? Five, a couple chapters ago, just half a chapter ago, he calls him the rock on which he'll build the church. And then what does he say to him? He says, get behind me, Satan. That's a pretty weird shift in dynamic in just a little bit of time. So God's not concerned with you having all the answers because Peter didn't have all the answers. And that you don't always have to win. What we are doing when we serve people in ministry, whether it's you guys serving teens or their parents or your community at large, is not about wins and losses. Because if you get bogged down in the W's and the L's, you're going to get discouraged really quick because you're going to get a lot more losses than you do wins. Peter himself went running to the tomb and he didn't even make it there first. He took an L on the foot race. And what, is, what does God say about the wins and losses? He's more concerned with winning the one. He's more concerned with the one lost coin that you turn the house upside down for. He's more concerned with the one sheep out of the 99. That's the win. So if you're going to go any further than this point right now, you have to make these three confessions in your heart. That Jesus is Lord, that you don't have all the answers, and that it's not about wins, right? Jesus says, Simon Peter, Peter says in reply, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Right? We already covered that. Then, we take, then Peter takes him aside and tries to rebuke him. Not smart. And that they both ran. John, Peter and John, the other disciple, both run, and that Peter makes it, and then he stops, and the other disciple makes it first. So we have to be shepherds and not cowboys. Now, what exactly does that mean when I talk about shepherds versus cowboys? Because they both do the same kind of job, but they both do it in very different ways. So what does a shepherd do? Let's first talk about what a shepherd does. And I want to actually go to the first chapter, of, um, the first book of Peter, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. To the elders among you, I appeal as fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Here's the important part. Be shepherds of God's flock that is in your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because people, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but by being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. As Christian leaders, we desire to lead people to where God wants them to be, which is noble and right. Can we all agree to that? But we must remember that we are to do it in Jesus' way of doing it. And the Apostle Peter reminds us that Jesus' way is to lead like a shepherd of God's flock. So we're going to take a look at a couple. I'm going to give you three leadership principles that we can glean out of how Peter operates. That's how a shepherd works in contrast to how cowboys operate. Okay? So the first one I want you to get is this. A shepherd leads by relationship. A shepherd leads by relationship. 
Shepherds care for their sheep so well that the sheep learn to trust in the shepherd's voice. This trust enables the shepherd to lead the flock from the front, guiding the sheep by the sound of his voice and his example. Now, first, I want to apologize in advance. The majority of what I wrote uses gendered speech. So when I say his, when I talk about the shepherd, I'm not being discriminatory towards anyone who's not male. You are shepherds as well. Okay, but I'm taking this from the context of biblical language, which predominantly uses he and his. Okay, I just want to make sure that, ladies, I'm not leaving you out in this. I didn't think of that not once. <laughs> I know, I know, but I want to make sure. <laughs> but the important point of leading by relationship is that the shepherd knows his sheep so well and has spent so much time and care and investment in them that they don't have to see him to know where they're going. They can hear him and know and trust that he's leading them in the right direction. And it's interesting because this, you guys, um, I know that maybe some of you guys are maybe a little bit older like me. Remember, there's a clothing brand called uh, Big Dog Clothing. Do you remember that? Had like the St. Bernard was the logo. And there's like, a, like this famous shirt that everybody wore when I was younger that said like a lead, follow, or get out of the way or something like that. And then we even had like this idea that leaders lead from the back of the pack which isn't how the kingdom operates. Do you know where leaders lead from the back of the pack? Wolves. Wolves lead from the back of the pack. The shepherd leads his sheep from the front. And what that means is that they should know you, your team should be able to trust you so implicitly that when they look at you, they're seeing a relatable God. Not that you're God or that I'm God, but what does Peter say? Let's go back to that, that quote from, uh, from 1 Peter 5. If, I, if my slide will go back. There we go. That the flock is under your care and that when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the crown of glory. When they're looking at you, they're looking at a shepherd, and when they see the shepherd, they should be seeing the image of the chief shepherd. So we have to realize that if they're going to trust us to lead them by example, by even the sound of our voice, that everything that we are doing, whether we're on campus, or we're in Wegmans, or we're in traffic, we don't know where they are seeing us. But the second they see us not imitating the image of the chief shepherd, that's an L. That is the biggest L that we will take. And Jesus speaks specifically about the damage that that does and the consequence that we carry when we lead one of these little ones astray. And when we talk about little ones, we're not talking about like my kids, like my, my Gus and Maggie or Eden, little babies, young kids. They're talking about the ones who are so infantile in their faith that they need that loving parental direction and correction. So if we're not willing to be in relationship, if they're not being able to see that relationship, we're leading them astray. So first of all, it's the relationship. Shepherds lead by relationship. You guys got that one? Good. In contrast, how does a cowboy operate? Cowboys lead from the back like wolves. 
they lead from the back of the herd using dogs to nip at the heels of the animals to keep them moving at the cowboy's desired pace. They also lead with a whip and a gun, controlling the flock by fear and intimidation. And this is the most important point about leading by relationship. If they don't see our relationship with Jesus, first and foremost, then we're leading out of fear. Our job is not to scare people out of hell. It's to love them into heaven. We gotta abandon this idea of scaring the hell out of teens and making them think that they're bad people because they mess up. Because guess what? We all mess up. I've got a really spotty track record and I'm still here, right? We all are that way. None of us, it says in scripture, none of us, not one, are what? Perfect. We don't get to hold ourselves up, uh, get, hold ourselves up as idols. We lead from the front. We show them the direction of heaven. We don't scare them from the back. Make sense? We lead like shepherds, not cowboys. We have a relationship like shepherds, not cowboys. Remembering that the word shepherd comes from the one at pasture, which is where we derive the word what? Pastor. Which is a tricky word specifically for us as Catholics because we don't get to use that term the way that other church leaders do outside of our Catholic tradition. But in essence, you are doing the work of pastoring when you do this work. Let me make this clear. Nick's not the youth minister here. He's the director of youth ministry. He sets the agenda. He creates the course. You're the youth minister. Your job is to be the youth minister and to minister to youth. In an ideal world, He's not giving every talk. He's not planning every retreat. He's not doing all of the heavy lifting by himself. He's making sure, like, we are supposed to be administrating more than anything to make sure that your job is so much easier when you're doing ministry. Does that make sense? We want you guys to have the relationship because he can't be available all the time. It's not my job, it's not his job, and it's especially not your job to be foster parents to kids outside of here. We should also be helping kids develop deeper relationships with their families, but that's a different talk for a different day. All right, so we get what leading by relationship looks like. Like shepherds, leaders must keep... Oh, hold on. I love that when you hit the button. We'll just step ahead. Shepherds lead at a measured pace. Shepherds move their flock at the speed of the sheep. They ensure that all of their sheep get to their desired destination at a pace that is best for the sheep, not the shepherd. They don't become angry with stranglers. Stragglers. I always say that. I've, I've gone over this talk so many times since I've written it, and I always say stranglers instead of stragglers. They don't become angry with the stragglers because they understand that every individual has a different pace. And this is what is really important for us. Because this, especially those of you who have been doing this for any amount of time, will get into this pattern. We've been doing this for a long time as, a, as Catholic youth ministers. We're gonna get them ready, and they're gonna get confirmed, and then they're gonna set everything on fire. And they get confirmed, and then they don't show up again. And then we're like, what did we do wrong? What are we doing here? 
And how arrogant of us to presume that we know how the Holy Spirit that they just received is supposed to work on our timeline and not his. Harvest doesn't come as soon as the seed goes in the soil. It takes time, it takes water, and it takes struggle. You have to understand that the life of the seed in the soil is a life of struggle. Because when storms come, and when, the wa- and when the rain comes, and when the floods hit, and the crops become displaced, those seeds can still grow, as long as, even if they're not growing where you didn't plant them. It is presumptuous of us, and it is, I'm not even going to say borderline, it is idolatry on our part to presume on how the Holy Spirit is supposed to work. Because here's what's going to happen. If we really trust the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do, then these teens that we love and we serve are going to get confirmed and then they're never going to show up again. And then 20 years later, those are the kids who are going to come with their families back to the church. We, we got to understand that if we're going to give them the Holy Spirit, we got to pray for the Holy Spirit to keep working the only way the Holy Spirit can so that when they come back, because here's what we see. And I'm, going to, I'm going to take a quick side note. What I have seen in our church is a steady recession and decline in the situation that we're in with this pandemic. But when I see churches, not necessarily Holy Family, I'm not saying Holy Family, I'm saying just in general, Catholic parishes are struggling. But there are other churches, Catholic and otherwise, who leaned into the pandemic and they're seeing more people come to know Jesus. They're seeing more money in the collection plate. They're seeing more acts of charity and service in a time where we all thought it's not possible because we just, we just threw up our hands. We're like, as long as we can get people into the building, as long as we can get them up there in that building, then we're going to be fine. But remember that the time that Christianity grew at its biggest, where we talk about Peter preaching and 3,000 people coming to Christ, where we talk about the apostles sharing the gospel and thousands upon thousands of people being baptized, is when Christianity was illegal. You were put to death for being a Christian. We're not there. We're not there. But we lead at a measured pace. When we work together as a unit, some of you are going to be leading up at the front. We all should be leading up at the front, actually. But some of you are tasked with developing one-on-one relationships with the stragglers. Pope Francis said, what? That shepherds are supposed to smell like their sheep. Some of us smell too rosy. Some of us smell way too clean. And it's funny that I'm saying that because when I got dressed to come here today, I took a shower and I got ready. I did some yard work earlier and I put the shirt on. I'm like, this shirt doesn't smell the way that I want it to. And then I got here and I was like, I remember those words of Pope Francis. I'm like, okay, it can be a little smelly. (laughs) Jesus will prefer that when you see him in eternity, that you stink. We need to lead at a measured pace, keeping everybody together in the pack and leaning into those ones who were in the front. When you see those sheep who are in the front, lean into them. Give them that responsibility. Challenge them to step out a little bit. Okay, in contrast, what does a cowboy do? Do you think it's good or bad? Spoiler alert, it's not great. In contrast, cowboys drive their herds as fast as possible and get frustrated with stragglers. We've all done that. I've done that. Over 17 years of ministry, I get frustrated with stragglers all the time. 
because they need to get the herd to market. If an animal falls behind and is unable to be coerced, coerced into keeping up with the rest, they are often left behind or shot at as to not impede the speed of the herd because for them, time is money. We need to take the hustle out of ministry. There's a time and a place for hustle. This isn't it. Because we have all, whether you're brand new to this or you've been doing it for a long time, we've all left stranglers, stragglers behind. We do it because we feel like they're not getting it. Or maybe they're the one who shows up on a Sunday for life night or they tune in or they come in for a Bible study on Zoom or whatever and we know that that's the kid who's smoking weed on the weekends. We know that that kid is the one who is not being sexually pure with with their boyfriend or their girlfriend, and we think that they don't have a place here, and if that is what we think, then we're not engaged in church. Then this is a club. This is a morality club, and that's not what church is. I'm not saying we abandon a moral standard, but we can't start throwing up our hands when they don't meet every single one of our expectations because they get enough of that when they're not here. We lead at a measured pace. Like shepherds, leaders need to meet people where they are and graciously lead them to where God wants them to be. Leaders don't acquiesce and appease the sheep, letting them stay as they are, but lead them to God's destination at a reasonable pace. It's the same. We all knew the story. We heard it. My daughter was just hearing the story when she was on her Chromebook for school, which is the most frustrating thing ever. But they did the story of the tortoise and the hare. We're way too concerned with being hares. We need to be slow and steady to win the race. Shepherds lead out of relationship. Shepherds lead at a measured pace. And thirdly, shepherds know and pursue their sheep. Shepherds know each of their sheep and know when one is missing. If one gets lost or wanders, the shepherd will leave the flock to pursue the lost sheep. Shepherds care for each of their sheep and do everything in their power to get them to their destination. Relational ministry really actually means developing a relationship with them. The healthiest possible relationship with appropriate boundaries, but we know them individually. I'm going to make a confession to you. Every time a new year starts and we start up a new cycle of youth ministry, in 17 years, it will take me from about September to December or January to make sure I kind of know everyone's names. Stop trying to know everyone's names, divide and conquer, and then talk to each other. Okay, so I like, okay, so this is Ricky. Ricky and I have been hanging out a lot. You know, like he's got a, he's, he comes from a, a, a divorced family, mom remarried, he's got a step sibling, whatever. Okay, this is Amanda. Amanda, da da da. You guys should be constantly in communication about who you are ministering to because not one of you can do it alone. He's not going to remember all of them. Now, I talk all the time about how this isn't a numbers game. Like, we very much should... Like, the best kind of youth ministry we could do is if there are 10 kids up there every week consistently, and you could take a whole year to sow directly into 10 kids. 
But that's not, I mean, like, we're, we want people to be here, right? I, I think our desire for numbers is noble. It's a pure motivation because we want people to know Jesus, right? It's the same reason why we do this, because I found something so amazing, so beautiful as an investment in the kingdom of God. And we're investing in the kingdom of God when we serve them like this. Like shepherds, older, we need to be here because our experience is valuable. There is value in that experience. But you can learn things from them that you don't possibly possess, and you can learn things from them that you don't possess yet. It only makes us better, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But first, I want to have a quick discussion. So these three topics. What does leadership like a shepherd look like, right? It talks about three, talks about three things. Leading by relationship. Oh, sorry about that. Leading by relationship leading at a measured pace, and knowing and pursuing your sheep. Now I want you to take a minute or two by yourself. I know you got some stuff you can write on or if you use the notes app like I do on my phone. I want you to actually take inventory of this for a second. Of these leadership principles, which one of them stands out the most to you and why? And this is the important one. And if we're going to grow, if we're going to thrive, eh, thrive, where have you led more like a cowboy than a shepherd? What can you do to lead more like a shepherd than a cowboy? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Holy Family Presents. If you haven't done so already, I'd highly encourage you to go and listen to the previous two episodes that were also talks given at the Evangelize 2020 retreat for our Life Teen Core team. The mission of this retreat was to encourage the adult leaders who help lead our young people closer to Christ to be better evangelists. In the previous two talks, we dove into Mary Magdalene and St. Simon of Cyrene. We hope that if you listen to those episodes as well, that these three talks can help you be a better evangelist, no matter if you're working to lead young people closer to Christ or just the family in your house. No matter who it is, we hope that this podcast and these talks help you to go out there and build and be a holy family. God bless you.